All right, what up, y'all? This is back with episode four of the Shirts and Stuff podcast. I am the wrestling t-shirt guy, a two-time world record holder and a perpetual mid-carter. And over to my side, we have my lifelong best friend, the real deal, Justin Neal. And man, he's smooth as a drink of water. Justin, how you doing, brother? Well, I'm feeling pretty, pretty smooth, as you said. Uh, not a bump one on me. I'm quite, uh, quite slippery, if you will. Uh, <laughs> not doing too bad. Uh, with us tonight, we've got the fantastic Mohawk Mike Bisson. He is a events producer for esports. Uh, for those older folks than us old folks, uh, that is professional video gaming. Uh, believe it or not. Uh, Mike, buddy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, guys, for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to just, first and foremost, catch up. Because oh, man. we were, before we went live, we talked about a little bit of our history. Like, we go back, way back. <laughs> Middle school, yeah. high school, all grew up in the same town. So it's good to it's good to catch up, especially in this public forum. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, man. Uh, we literally, at one point, lived directly next door to each other. Uh, we grew up... And we were both kind of, uh, well, you and I, Justin wasn't quite as, as, as nerdy as you and I, I would say. Uh, he was a little more cool than we were. Uh, well, so thank that- you, but I used to have a backpack <laughs> to carry my PC around to land party. So I don't know how cool that made me. Okay, I guess socially accepted. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, it's cool to see, you know, they say the meek shall inherit the earth. Look at us being meek and inheriting it, brother. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, I, uh, I'm very proud to see you have built such a, an awesome, awesome, uh, aura for yourself, man. You, you, you almost feel like you're, uh, like you're a big time star, man. How's that gonna, it's gonna feel like you've actually, you know, you know, did something with yourself, huh? I appreciate that. And it, you know, it, it, it is, you know, and, and Justin, like you had mentioned, like I actually got my start by hosting PC land parties in middle school and high school I did it throughout my college career as well. And, and it was one of those things that it kind of always became a hobby to me. Um, I grew up with, I have a dad who's a gamer. He actually plays way more games than I do now, even though I work <laughs> in the industry. I have three <laughs> brothers. And so for us, like playing video games was always a means of com- camaraderie. And like, even before Twitch was a thing, we used to all sit around. I can remember watching my younger brother, Abe, playing Ocarina of Time with all of us on the couch, like, giving him tips Enthralled, like, yeah absolutely it was it was m- more entertaining than watching friends on a saturday night you know so yeah it just one of those things that i i feel very blessed and fortunate to be in the position i'm in you know i went from organizing my own video game events to now like literally i just got back from japan i was there for two weeks to work the pokemon world championships i leave this upcoming sunday to work for nintendo i'll be out in seattle for a week and it's like you're like when you're a kid, you know, these these like icons of your household, you know, everybody grew up with like Mario and Sonic and Pokemon and things like that. And now literally they're calling me to come out and help them with their events. It's it's kind of flabbergasting. That's so that is so cool for me to see, man. I mean, you know, obviously I'm a gamer. I've got Nintendo on my skin and I've got Pokemon up there as well. You know what I mean? So I'm you're you're. You're doing what I would love to do, but in a separate way. Like, I I feel the same way with our podcast. Like, uh, uh, this podcast here, we're just getting started, but I'm also in another podcast called the DWO Podcast. Shameless plug. What up, y'all? They stopped in and dropped a comment. But uh, we have, you know, so many people that are on our docket that I grew up watching that I'm just like, captivated that they're about to be a guest of mine i'll tell you off the air i can't quite reveal this the one that we just booked but we booked one so big that i'm like how did he how did we get him say yes you know what i mean like i don't understand but it you know it's it's really cool man it's when you when you get to meet your heroes and they're not assholes you know it's kind of (laughs) nice so japan brother what is that like in 2023 is that a to go there I would imagine you got to do all the uh, uh, we call it the uh, immunizations and all that stuff, but the travel to go to another country like that is that just way more intuitive than going like from here to Florida? I 
it's it's kind of one of those things that it's like ingrained in me now. Um, I had I personally had been to Japan once before um, back in 2018, and you know when you think about it, you know some people think about going on a vacation, right? And it's like think about like you were saying, Florida. Florida from Ohio is maybe a two and a half, three hour flight, and to some people that's traumatizing. Like they can't even fathom getting on a plane like that. Yeah. I am to the point that I'm traveling almost every weekend. So for me, it's like to get on a plane that I'm going to go three hours to Chicago or 13 hours to Japan. It kind of like all kind of blends together <laughs> up to a certain point. Like, I feel like my like unofficial catchphrase is I'll sleep on the plane. <laughs> That's what I do. We went to LA. It was like a four and a half hour flight. And he's like, it's your first time on a plane. Yeah, I figured he would have been looking out the window or something, you know, but no, he, he was just like, once we took off, and everything calmed down. He was like, <laughs> it was all. Awesome, sometimes that's the best thing to do. You know, you've got nothing else to do. You might as well catch some rest while you can. But um, Japan was really cool. Japan, Japan, for the most part, is open borders again. Um, their biggest okay. thing is they, they realize that there's a lot of tourism. And so yeah. there aren't any requirements um, for immunizations. Um, wearing masks there are still very, like, socially accepted. Yeah. Uh, just because it's always been part of the culture. So, like, being on the subway or, like, being, you know, in a, a larger public space and wearing a mask is, like, that never really changed for them. Um, but particularly for Pokemon Worlds, it was insane because the way the, way the competitive structure works is there's a full season. Right. So you go and you compete. You could go play in your local card game shop or you could go play at these regional events, which are kind of like the next step up. And then you have like the international championships and worlds. And in order to play at worlds, you have to earn an invite. So every time you go and play in one of these organized Pokemon events, you can earn what's called championship points and championship points at the end of the season. They only invite the upper echelon like it's like, you know, the top hundred okay players like it's it's very it's very daunting to actually get your invite but being there you know you're in japan but there's a huge contingency from brazil and from england and from australia and from all over the place so it was like one of those things when i was there it kind of felt like i was in any other convention center but then like once the show was done i got to spend an actual couple of days afterwards to kind of do some touristy stuff and that's when it that's when it really kicked in i actually went to I got to go to one of the nights for New Japan as part of the team. <sighs> and so I got to see it was I, I, I kind of like lost touch of frame. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go see like the G1 finals. No, it was just one of like the, you know, the final shows like on the door. But yeah, um, yeah Japan is I, I feel like so many people have perceptions of what it's like to be there. And we talk about like nerdy stuff. There's a mall. There's one specific mall that if you go up to the sixth floor, there's a Pokemon Center, which is think of like the Disney store, but it's all Pokemon. Wow. There's also a Nintendo store, a Capcom store. There was one for One Piece, Shogun Jump, like everything nerdy you could think of, like every mascot and every combination. You uh, could think I'm of. afraid to go because I don't want to. I wouldn't want to come back. Like <laughs> my girlfriend and I bought two extra pieces of luggage just to get everything back home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a trap. It's a trap for sure. Oh, that's great, man. That's a it's a huge plan for us. Justin and I travel all over now and go to wrestling, uh, but our first uh, show outside of the country is looking like 2025 or 26. We're going to go to London to see some wrestling. So uh, that's going to be our first that's trip really cool. across the pond, if you will. So New Japan is definitely like that's up there. We were talking about that not so long ago. Like, do we need to hit New Japan? We need to go check yeah. out Japan. We want to go to Wrestle Kingdom, which is essentially their WrestleMania. And uh, I just want to go to Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like, you know, Justin and I, we, you know, we're just some regular ass kids from Hamilton, but we're we're trying to build something. You know what I mean? And I, it's really like I'm saying. I can't get over how cool it is to see you doing it, man. The Pokemon World Championships. You know, that like you're talking about getting the invite for that. I, I, I you weren't playing, right? You were just producing and, and doing some work, right? Correct. So, yeah, just there as part of like the logistics and overall event overall event team. I got to imagine, though, that being one of the players, getting that invite has to feel like getting invited to be on Smash Brothers. Like, it has to be like the, the videos they made to introduce all the new people. It has to feel awesome. hundred and something people in the world. It's so what was, what was it like getting your first, um, 
I don't know, like invitation basically, like where they reached out to you, like Nintendo or Pokemon. Was, was you like, oh, I fucking made it? Yeah. So one of the one of the like first like kind of like I made it events as <laughs> a way to put it is um so right before the launch of the Master Chief Collection. So this was on Xbox. This is Halo. This is when they remade Halo One Two. He was one two reach. Maybe three was in there as well. Master Chief Collection. Um, they were getting ready with two weeks notice. I got a phone call from a representative at three four three studios who at the time was publishing the Halo games. And they're like, Hey, we want to do a invitational launch tournament for the game prior to it releasing. And I'm just like, like freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, at this point, I'm working a day job. I'm working at a trucking company and, you know, I'm climbing way way up the corporate ladder, but I'm still doing kind of events on the side, you know, like I said, as a hobby, as a side hustle and uh, got flown out to Seattle it is a part of Penny Arcade Expo. We had a small, like, 30-foot by 20-foot room. Nothing glamorous, no big stage, no lighting, no trussing, no, you know, it, it wasn't like a big stadium show. But I'm in there with, with some of the pro Halo players that I grew up, like, looking up to as a kid. Not only that, but working directly for the publisher. And it was just that that feeling of, like, holy crap, like, I'm here. Like, it's a small, closed room. I'm one of maybe 30 people that's in this room and I'm helping produce the show. I'm helping it come together. And that, that was one of those kind of realizations that it's like, okay, this is a thing. This, this now is, this is the goal. The goal was here. And now that I've hit here, now that now the goal is here, we can move, you know, we can move the stakes higher. So what, what got this, this monster started, man? What was the, uh, for me, uh, for example, the game that really, I think made me a, a gamer. I played other games before, but the game that made me a gamer was Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. What was the game that 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 sucked you in and like this is my thing? What 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 was that? What was game? What was that game for you? I, oddly enough, I grew up in a household. We, uh, all of my brothers and like everybody around me loved playing RPG games like Legend of Zelda and you know games like that. For me, it wasn't until I played Unreal Tournament for the first time on PC that I was like, this is the future. I don't care about baseball. baseball. I'm playing Unreal Tournament. I want to go pro. I want to host tournaments. And for me, like nothing, nothing could ever replace like those feelings of like being a 16 year old kid in the high school cafeteria, like playing Unreal Tournament with 20 other people and just every single one of us losing our minds. Yeah. That's Man, pretty those cool. were the days. What, I know this ain't an interview for Justin, but what about you, Justin? What was your first game that really drew you in? Um, I probably have to say, like, I, I played Super Nintendo, and I had a regular Nintendo and SNES, and I, I played them a little bit, but I would say probably when I got, like, Final Fantasy VI. Okay. I, I got Final Fantasy VI, and I was like, you can, like... This game's there's a lot here. Like you can, <laughs> you can do all this, and then once it, it got from there, and it's like he said, RPGs. It's where I got uh, Breath of Fire Three is probably one of the greatest RPGs ever made. Legend of Dragoon, um, Sukoden, all Star Ocean. Like I got into all those when I was a kid, and I was just sucked in like fantasy land. Yeah, I was a glutton for anything that had multiple discs. So I literally, like, if I saw something, it was like three discs. I was like, I want to. My mom be like, well, what, what is it? I don't know. I have no idea. It's got three discs, so therefore it's long. I want it. And I, for some reason, that was a successful game for me if it was long. And I think that had to do with Final Fantasy VII. You talk about Final Fantasy. Man, that remake. That, that remake, uh, the first part was great. They're milking I, it too much. They're Give me the game. Give me the game. <laughs> give me the damn game. Yeah. Quit milking it for, for you don't need to break it into six games. Give me the game. <laughs> okay. Say Destiny. Stop it. Okay. So with the, with that being said, the game's on the horizon. Uh are you Mike, are you looking as forward to Starfield as as, as a lot of people are, or is that something that you're kind of metering your interest in? I'm I'm kind of like on the fence about it, to be honest with you. I and this is gonna sound like very negative. I yes. work in the video game industry. I don't play a lot of video games anymore i'm spending more of my time like prepping for events or like traveling for events if if i'm playing anything anymore 
it's on my Nintendo Switch. Because there again, while I'm on the plane, I have nothing else to do. Handy. I can't answer emails. I can't take phone calls. I'm going to sit down and play Streets of Rage 4 for the next two hours while I, <laughs> I have the time to. You're a classic man. You're a classic man. And that's The classics never get old, man. I mean, you talk about... I just talked about Link's Awakening. I will still turn that on today. You know what I mean? I'll start turning that on and start a new uh, file and won't stop till I finish it. You know what I mean? And that's... I, I, I love games like that, man. It's a it's a therapy, and it it brings me back to what we were talking about earlier. How you know you and I were kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, but we were kind of bullied for being who we were in a way. I don't think we got it as bad as some of the other people, but it's so comforting for me to see that changing. Everyone is a gamer, you know what I mean? Like it's not like it used to be, man, and I. I I feel like that's definitely some progress that we're seeing. Is that like that in the, you know, it seems like it would be more wholesome these days. Is that like that in the conventions and stuff? Everyone just loves everybody. Oh, thousand, thousand percent. I, I think that the, the biggest basis of like, even providing another example, like we piggyback off of Pokemon, right? Like Pokemon is just one of the communities that I work with, but the, the focus there, the term is community. You know, it's this idea that people are coming together with shared interest. Even if you're not a competitive player, people still want to come to these Pokemon events because they want to collect the cards. They want to see all the cool artwork. They maybe want to get the artist to sign one of their original cards they had. And more importantly, they're bringing their kids, you know, kind of like uh, as you were saying, you know, when I was younger, it was hard, I guess is the way to put it, to, to be openly passionate about these things that you cared so deeply about, whether that was Star Wars or Pokemon. You know, I had Pokemon cards taken from me so many times to the point that I was like, I don't even know that I want to, like, bring them to school anymore and play in the after-school club or, like, hang out during lunchtime and, like, you know, do these things. And it's, one, not only is it more socially acceptable, but, two, I think those people that, it, for me personally, like, I've had people that used to bully me in school or liking video games or liking board games, card games, things of that nature that now randomly will message me over Facebook and be like, Hey, do you, can you get me in the beta for like this new game? That's getting ready to come out. And like, <laughs> you got it, dude. Got and you. that's, yeah. that's the way to go. Mike is to kill him with kindness, man. I, uh, Absolutely. I definitely, you know, I suffered from that as well. All the way up until about midway through uh, junior high, I finally kind of got a hold of, of social interaction. But, man, it was rough for a while, man. And that's why I teach my kids, man, uh, to be so open. You know what I mean? You you never know what someone's home life is. And you never know what one thing might be the saving grace for them. You know what I mean? So you, you, can't, you can't make fun of anything. You never know. And yeah, I think yeah. that's changing. And, and to share just like a, a personal story with you guys as well is that when I was – so the reason that I've like my my nickname is Mohawk is like I don't have my hair spiked up right now, but like I've had a Mohawk since I was in seventh grade. So over <laughs> half my life, I've been spiking up my hair, and part of that was because when I was exiting elementary school and entering middle school, I had this stigma that I felt like everybody was staring at me because I had been bullied so much that I wanted to give people a reason to stare at me. So especially like when I'm out in public and I have my hair spiked up, I know people are going to look at me. It's this weird oddity thing. But now that's become part of my persona almost to the point now where it's like, you know, I'll show up at events. I, I genuinely I just worked the Evo fighting game championships in Las <sighs> Vegas and I had someone come up to me before the show and we're talking. Hey, how you been? So on and so forth. Somebody I've known for years and they literally are like. Hey, let me know if you see Mohawk Mike around at any point. And I'm like, haha, good one. And they looked at me like all befuddled. And I'm like, it's it's me. They're like, what? And I was like, no, it's it's I'm I'm Mohawk Mike. And I took my hair and I like <laughs> pretended to spike Lifted it up. Lifted it up, yeah. Oh, I thought you were somebody else. I'm so sorry. Like people genuinely <laughs> like Clark Kent in the glasses. Like, <laughs> it works. <laughs> you're a kid. You're like, how could anybody be so dumb to not realize that Clark Kent is Superman? But sure enough. If I don't have my hair spiked up, eighty percent of the time, someone may not recognize me. That's a, how, why That's I started hilarious. talking to you. To be honest with you, I remember yeah. uh, when I first saw you. It was seventh grade, I want to say, and you had a badass. badass mohawk, and I was like, "Oh, that kid's cool." 
Like <laughs> I need to talk to this guy. And you had you had you knew music too that I didn't know as well, and I thought that was cool as well. I remember when we were, I think it was middle school. It was middle school. We were young, and I I came over to your house, and it was the first time I'd ever seen one of those like arcade fifty thousand games built into it. Like you're like, check out what my dad built, and we sat there and played Galaga and all kinds of shit for hours. Like this is the neatest thing ever. That's crazy, man. I do want to, since since I've shared a bit, a little bit about myself, I'd be curious to hear from your guys' perspective as well, because I I have seen on Facebook you guys have been traveling more for wrestling and you know other like you know Cincinnati Comic Expo and things like that. Like, what advice would you give to other people that might have something they want to pursue, and like how do they go about making that a reality? Because I know like when we were all young, we talked about going to WrestleMania, and now. We've all been to wrestling. We do it every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Every, every year. year. I got. I got. I can answer that question for you, simple brother, with two words. Do it. <laughs> do do it. it, and it is. It is the most important thing you can do is to just actually get out there and do it. it. Justin and I talked about this podcast for years. We talked about having our own show, and I randomly ran into the DWO guys, the guys that I do the wrestling podcast with, and I met them, and they. They invited me as a guest, and that was my first time really being a, a guest on anything, you know, that was show-wise like that. I'd done some other stuff, but nothing like that. And it got me thinking, man, like, why am I not just doing this? Why am I just wasting my time? I need to make this podcast happen. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, I just started booking guests, and I told Justin, I was like, look, if we're going to do this, August 2nd is the date. And he was like, all right. All right. I was like, let's give – let's." and our, our goal here is – we're going to give this a whole year. We're going to do at least 52 episodes. And at the end of that 52 episodes, we're going to take a look and we're going to see what it looks like for us. And if it looks like something that we want to continue doing, we're going to continue doing this to the foreseeable future. But if we didn't do that, we would regret it our whole lives, man. And that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I gave my chance to try to become a wrestler. It didn't work out for me. But a wrestling podcaster, that's been working out great, man. And like I, I said, I got a face for radio, my, my guy. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I may have a face for radio, but, you know, your mom thinks I'm handsome. So that's what really matters. So My advice would be if regardless of, of what you want to do, what you want to pursue, pursue, whether it's a new career or traveling, seeing shows, video gaming, embrace the unknown. Life oh, yeah. is all about life's not easy. It wouldn't be any fun if it was. Yeah. So if you just want to strike out and do something yourself or like me and me and Bo here, we, we plan every year. WrestleMania is going to happen on a set date every year. We get our, our funds and everything together, our traveling. We get everything planned off way ahead of time. At least six months. I'm At least six months. But once you start out and you set on that journey, that adventure, it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. It, you, yeah. You're going to want to go back home because you want to go back to – we're huh. creatures of habit. We want to go back to the normal. We don't like change. We don't want to embrace that change. Push through it, and it will end up being the best decision anyone's ever made. I, mean, I think that's incredible to hear because that's basically the same advice that I give to people as well. You know, I have, I have a lot of people that I mentor, um, and the way, that, the way that I put it always is that I'm an open book, and – the way that I've said it before is I feel very fortunate and blessed to be in the position I'm in. Why would I not want that for others? And um, I guess with that, let me shameless plug real quick. If, if anybody ever wants any advice or wants to try and break into the industry or anything, send me an email. The Mohawk Mike at gmail.com. T-H-E-M-O-H-A-W-K-M-I-K-E at gmail.com. It's my personal email. I answer it day and night. And I think, I think the important note there as well, like you were saying is like, I know when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pro wrestler, but I very quickly realized I don't have the physical attributes to really to be the level of wrestler that I wanted to be. So yeah. I started getting with my local organizations and I started doing camera work and I started working backstage and, you know, ring crew and, you know, helping even with the booker, you know, set up a show. Like there's ring announcer, commentator, you know, editor for videos. There's, a million ways that you can get involved. And just because that first Avenue doesn't work out, doesn't mean that there's 80 other ways that you can, you can get yourself in the door. 
I mean, that's like my other podcast, man. We got a, a chance to sponsor a photographer for a well-known uh, uh, wrestling uh, company. And we took that opportunity. And now it's starting to land us bigger and bigger guests. We're about to be in uh, Iowa on September 2nd. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, I'm rubbing elbows with people that I've loved my whole life. Like just a few weeks ago. I got to meet Shark Boy, and I've got a Shark Boy toy sitting on my desk, and have had this Shark Boy. We toy. lost our shit. We was like, "Oh, Shark Boy!" I was so... Michelle, yeah. Oh, shell, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know damn well we did. Like, <laughs> swig some clam juice. Oh man, I don't think I could ever do that. Well, and it's neat too because I'm I uh I like the FGC. I play a lot of fighting games, Tekken, Mortal Kombat. Super huge Dragon Ball Fighters fan. So, like, I watch Evo and Combo Breaker and, you know, uh, the DBZ uh, World Tour and shit. I'm like, I bet Mike's there right now. I wonder what he's doing right now. I bet Mike's there right now. If you watched the grand finals for Dragon Ball this year at Evo, I was the camera operator. I was literally on stage. (laughs) In that chaos. Like, I have, there's there's photos on my social media of, like, my perspective from the stage. And it's just, like... It was the end of Saturday night and almost everything else in the venue has like was wrapping up. And so it's just this sea of humanity, the same way that you would see it like, you know, a rock concert. Right. Like if you were going to see Slipknot, like literally yeah. people, like, on the edge of the stage, like bodies as far back as you can see. And it's just it's insanity. But, yeah, I was I was there. That's I mean, awesome. That's awesome. That just makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Man. So with that being said. Who's the uh, who's your most recent like holy shit that's that person celebrity meet that you've ran into doing this? Is there has there been any that you're like you know have you ran into Keanu at some point? Because I know that dude's been all kinds of gaming gaming conventions. Is there anything cool like that that you could uh, talk about? Um, I've never never met Keanu. I would love to though. Um, I another event. I almost got to meet Jeff Goldblum because he was oh. there filming. He has a documentary series. Um, and he was, he was filming at DreamHack, which is like a huge esports festival. And my friend came running up to me with his cell phone. He's like, look, and it was one of those, like, he took a photo from like a hundred yards away and like zoomed in a little bit. And he's like, yeah. Jeff blooms here. I'm like, what? And I ran across. The- <laughs> he was already gone. He was already gone at that point. I don't, I don't know where he went. Just but, full um, tilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think celebrity wise. Cause I don't. I feel like for me, at least the term is like celebrity is like a little different because like I've met like I've met like big YouTubers and I've met big Twitch streamers. Um, the one that I will say this is this is actually a funny antidote um, through working various events like Evo. Um, I ended up getting connected with um, who at the time was the vice president of digital content for WWE and help them organize we did some stuff at evo with xavier woods so i got to meet xavier woods and, and work nice. with him and then we also did a um charity smash brothers tournament for um make a wish and it was through one of those things that like we kind of kept seeing each other so often that i was like i think i'm friends with xavier woods like i haven't <laughs> like, we're seeing each other like every other month or so and so like after the pandemic um it had been a while since we kind of like our paths had crossed as well as like working at events. And so I was at San Diego comic-con a few weeks back and I'm like scrolling through Twitter one night and I see that he's doing the Tekken panel and I'm like texting him. I'm like, Hey man, I'm here. Like, you want to meet up? You want to hang out? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And then he ended up like having to leave for other obligations. So I'm like, Hey, no worries. It's all good. I'll see you at the next one. Then come Evo. I see that he sends out a tweet and I'm like, Hey dude, I'm on the main stage. Like I'm very easy to find. Like, <laughs> Come by and say hi. I want to see your face. And he's like, oh, "Absolutely, dude. No worries, no worries." And then like, all of Saturday goes by, and I never see him. So like, as far as like a celebrity interaction, like I'm literally texting Xavier Woods. It's like, stop fucking <laughs> me. Like, <laughs> you have no reason. This is two events in a row now that you've completely missed out on. I'm so we're calling you out, Xavier Woods. Yeah, yeah Austin. Austin. Mohawk Mike. Yeah, get your ass yeah. down here, Austin, and say what up. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, that's 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 cool shit, man. Like I was texting Dan Severn the other day. I don't know if you watch any. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Texted Dan Severn the other day. I'm working on getting him as a guest on here as well. But just the moments of, of texting Dan Severn, and then, and then we spoke on the phone for a little bit, and it's just like, what? 
Like, <laughs> I'm doing this right now? I, I just spoke to Dan Severn on the phone. Like, what, what's really going on? You know what I mean? And when he, he asked to call me, too, and it was like we were emailing back and forth. And he's like, yeah, can I give you a call in the next hour? And I was like, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, you can. Like, <laughs> You're like slamming your door and like barricading. You're like, everybody be quiet. Kids go to bed. I don't know what he's going to call. <laughs> My daughter was like, do you want me to film it? I was like, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want me to record you stumble over your words for 20 minutes? You know, it's funny. My buddy at work is making fun of me for that. He's like, you stutter an awful lot for somebody who hosts a podcast. I was like, you know what? I worked through my adver- advert ad ad what adversaries ad- adversaries <laughs> Whoa. adversities. Oh, look at this! This is uh, one of my buddies, Jim. Here, he is one of the biggest Andre the Giant fans ever. We definitely need to have his ass on here. We've got to talk some more about Andre. He has a collection. You know that mug I got, Justin, the Andre mug. Yeah, he has a collection of them. I almost want to like give him my mug so he has more, but no. <laughs> Man, I tell you what though. Uh, so, so Pokemon wise, you don't. Did, 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 were you at? Was that uh, the video game or was that the card game? So the competitive Pokemon circuit is actually everything. So okay, it's, it's the card game. It's the video game, which right now is Scarlet and Violet on Nintendo Switch. Yep. We also do Excellent. Pokemon Go on the cell phone. Like We actually provide iPhones for people to log into their accounts, so it's an even playing field. Um, and then more recently, Pokemon Unite, which is like their version of League of Legends, yeah. um, which has like uh-huh. online qualifiers that feed into the bigger like international events as well. Um, the, the other thing that I really want to note there is that specifically with the card game and with the video game, they also do age divisions. So there's juniors, seniors, and masters. So depending yeah. on your age, um, 18 and up is a master. And then I believe it's it's 17 to 12 is a considered a junior, or no, sorry, senior. And then basically 12 and under, 11 and under is a junior. So when we're hosting these tournaments, you know, we'll have maybe 50 juniors, which are like the little, little, little kids that are all equally playing side by side but it's more of an even playing field and it's it's been crazy to me especially with the pandemic i started doing pokemon stuff in 2016 and so seeing these kids who are like oh i'm nine years old and this is my first pokemon event to now like oh i'm 19 years old and now this is my i'm now a master in this you know age division it's like oh oh my gosh there's there's no better way to make me feel older than seeing like (laughs) Weren't you just like? Weren't you just at those tables over there, and then not? You were at the kids' tables. You're over here now. Like, hold on. He has eighteen of them. That's oh the mug. Eighteen Gosh. of the same mug or different mug? Same mug. <laughs> the same Andre mug. That's awesome. it's hilarious. So those kids, man, growing up like that, it's got to be like watching Ash uh, complete his his journey all at once in a way, you know what I mean? These kids are growing up. It's weird. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like seeing someone who is like, you know, maybe a little timid because, you know, the same way that we were saying earlier, it's like, you just got to do it. You just got to jump in. You got to get your feet wet. And, you know, if you're, you know, I I've seen people that have showed up to Pokemon events that are like, yeah, I'm 28 and I played as a kid and I kind of got interested again. Like I'm giving, this as my first try at like a, a competitive Pokemon event. Like, you just got to do it, man. You just got to get in there. And you got to go it, for it. The The coolest thing about it is that everyone it, it, talking about like that communal sense. It's like mm-hmm. everyone at the start of the tournament is exactly even. Yeah. And regardless, if you win every match or if you lose every match there, you're going to meet new people. You're going to learn things about yourself. Maybe your play style, you know, maybe the deck that you built isn't optimal or, you know, whatever, you know, um, degree you're playing in and it's you're going to make friends off of it regardless and you know those people that uh, i've seen people that were like oh yeah my first regional event that i went to i played this person first round and they beat me it's two years later i just played them and i beat them yeah <laughs> you know there's there's like this sense of camaraderie of like nobody nobody ever really wants to see anybody like oh i'm so man i'm so happy that guy lost like what a loser like no right 
communities and there's cliques, but everybody is just there to celebrate their fandom. Yeah, that. there's yeah, there's plenty of trash talking, and you know, you gotta gotta have some some chirping a little bit between you know while you're doing it. But in the end, you know, you build each other up, you learn from each other, and make each other better. Because then how else is it's going to get stale otherwise? Yeah, we uh we took ourselves out. Uh, we learned about Pokemon's community when we took ourselves out. Was it 2019, Justin? I think 2019, we went out to Chicago so. to Grant Park and did Pokemon Go Fest. That was cool. That was outrageous, man. I don't know if you've ever been to Chicago, but Grant Park is probably two, three blocks long, and they turned it into a Pokemon magical wonderland. Yeah. There was like an ice area. There was a, a, a plant area. There was, you know what I mean? There was just like everything and they went extra and, and the people is what the what the big thing was to take mm -hmm. away from that everyone was willing to make trades if you needed a shiny and this guy had 30 of them he had you you know what i mean and, and and you know they turn off the trade distance and stuff like that for that they they go extra with it and give you a chance to catch extra pokemon and you know they're, they're really good about keeping your game alive and like with uh 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 I got a flying Lechunk from a card from Game GameStop the other day. You know what I mean? So like they, they're they're keeping uh, Violet and and uh, uh, Scarlet alive right now with just little stuff like that. Not to mention the DLC that's coming, which is going to be pretty cool. Absolutely. Do you hear that, Jim Davis? If you have a lot of something, you should be willing to give it or take it up. <laughs> I, don't have an Andre I don't have an Andre bug. <laughs> Spread the love, Jim. Uh, thanks uh, but but to kind of like what you were saying there it's like with um the pokemon go fest with anything like that's we at, at the end of the day and i've had a lot of other colleagues that have kind of echoed the same sentiment when you're working events so like when you guys when you guys personally went to your first wrestlemania i'm sure it's an experience that you will never forget let alone going to multiple wrestlemanias every single one is different yeah like, yeah feels like it's a big show but it's different you know the the theme of the show the pyrotechnics the um branding around the ring like everything and that's that's some of those elements that i personally like had my like that's that's where my craft is you know talking yeah. about going back to pokemon go fest it's like i personally have never worked at pokemon go fest but i know the logistics that go into putting on a show like that and there's so many man hours but at the end of the day, it's you, you could look at a budget and your budget is like, OK, we have X number of dollars and we need to figure out how to make this show operational. The other train of thought, and this is what I was the, the thought that I was leading to earlier, and this is what other colleagues have told me, is that we're in the business of selling memories. And yeah. you may look at something and not know that it costs twenty thousand dollars to fabricate that one thing. But for every person that stops in front of it and takes a photo, it's priceless. Yeah. Because now that's yep. going, that's good. We've, we've it's going to last for as long as they have it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like uh, they made for WrestleMania this, this past year uh, out in front of the SoFi. They had a giant WWE championship. And that's all people were doing was taking pictures in front of it, man, creating memories, you know? And it, that's definitely right about the, the feel, too, man, that these events. You know, they're all WrestleMania, but 35 watching Kofi win was a whole separate that thing. Man. That like that for me, and I've been to I've been to six this this year will be six WrestleManias, it'll be five for him. I went to one as a kid, right? Uh, but of all the WrestleManias I've been to, it's either the Kofi moment or the Stone Cold Steve Austin moment. And that's because I'm with, a Stone Cold with Vince, yeah. Oh my god. Well, Kofi was especially good for me. Like it was, it'll always, I'll remember that because I was, I'm always a, an ass when I go to shows like that. Like, even though I want Kofi to win, I'm like, boo, fuck yeah. this guy. And, you know, I'm the heel in the section that everyone's just, I love to just raise that banter with people. Like, it's all in fun. And I hope, you know, a lot of people realize that. But there was a little kid sitting next to me and he was, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. And I was, we were going in on each other. And this little kid's mom, you could tell she's over there just like, just soaking it in. And that, I 
guarantee that little kid still probably tells stories about that to this day, just how Kofi won and he's in my face like, I told you. I'm like, oh, no, playing into it and stuff. And it was just – it's about making the memories too for, like, the kids and giving yeah. them that experience. Like, yeah, it's cool. I, I get to be there and I get to see it, but I'm a grown-up. Like, let the – give the little kids an opportunity to enjoy it more. He, he's not kidding either. That was a cool moment to see from the, the side. That he had been riding that kid's ass <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> he's like, "There's no way Kofi's winning." He's like, "Kofi's losing." And then when Kofi won, dude, that kid was like, "Ah!" Just freaking, freaking out. And Justin, like he said, he sold it. Like, no, no, that's the worst thing ever. So, which WrestleManias have you been to, man? Have you been to just one? Or this is funny enough. I've actually only been to one WrestleMania, and it was that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I actually i was i was uh when kofi won like again like is the, the the whole elation of the crowd like oh man it's one of the loudest of, pops we kind of all know it's coming like we're kind of all like in our hearts of hearts like there's no way he's gonna lose right even if you're playing like the heel and like you know yep. uh, and, you know which which i respect by the way i do the same thing at wrestling shows i will purposely i don't care if they're face or heel i pay attention during the entrances and then whichever individual is getting the louder reaction, the louder pop, I go the complete opposite way. <laughs> because I know if I were a performer, I would want that. I would want someone, if, the, if this guy is the baby face and can do no wrong, I want that one loudmouth guy that's in the back. He's like, he's going to suck. Yeah. Um, which I highly respect. And that's, that's one of my favorite things of wrestling is like having that interaction with people. But again, like you were saying, making that memory for that kid, that's something that they're probably doing their own podcast. Right now, <laughs> like, like Sharing that same exact story. Um, yeah. When, when Kofi, the instance Kofi won, I grabbed my cell phone and I'm testing Xavier Woods. I'm like, we fucking did it, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just in the crowd. Like, I didn't do anything, but I'm like, we did it, man. We did it. You're next. You're next we in line. It. Speaking of which, talk about somebody that deserves it. I feel like that's a, uh, you talk about finishing the story. WWE's talked about that. There's somebody who needs to finish their story. Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, whatever you want to call him. That is one of the most selfless people that i've ever had the pleasure to have any interaction with uh, you know so uh, talk about somebody who deserves a world title run i'd be behind it i don't know after hearing how he's been ducking mike man he's kind of moved down a few pegs. <laughs> like you need to he needs to work on that before we talk about any titles now uh, I'm, I'm i'm pulling my pool and the you know with the, <laughs> yeah, you know let's not was that two-time king of the ring winner nah let's give it to somebody else <laughs> So, so uh, do you still live around the Ohio area, man? Are you you living in a whole part, different part of the United States now? Or so I've floated around the United States. I um, left Hamilton. I lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin, for a year. I lived in Las Vegas, Nevada, for five years. Now I currently reside in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is like should have taken that ride in Albuquerque. After that, after that one year in uh, in Wisconsin, surviving the winter there, I was like, never again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have like four foot of snow it's negative 30 outside i'm like yeah las vegas seems pretty nice and then you know moving to no i moved to i moved to albuquerque at the beginning of 2021 because i actually met my girlfriend working pokemon events she was also working with one of the organizers and it was one of those things that like the first time that we met each other i didn't ask for a number i'm like i'll probably never see her again that was in california and then two months later we're in new jersey and i'm like okay all right let's you know let's see how this goes so got our number started kind of dating long distance but then seeing each other like every periodically at events and then in march of 2020 i have a very hectic schedule but i had a gap of two weeks and i told her hey how about i come out for a visit my plane landed and the world shut down so that <sighs> week visit turned into five months and at that point i was like all right universe you got me like I <laughs> I can take a hint. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it was orchestrated, man. I keep talking about how this world is, it's very Shakespearean. And the longer I get into this, the more I'm convinced that at some point when we die, we're going to pull the headset off and the other one of our friends is going to be there like, eh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
like it's literally it's so serendipitous at this point, man. Like for example, I DoorDash for for wrestling ticket money, right? It's the way I pay my extra bills, right? And uh, the other day I'm DoorDashing and I go to this lady's house. I bring her food and later on she messaged me. She's like, I realized I didn't give you a tip. I'm so sorry. She's like, I'll, I'll put $10 in my mailbox for you. And I'm like, you know, no, that's no big deal. You know, pay it forward. Just, you know, if you really want to help, subscribe to my podcast. And she subscribed to my podcast, right? So that, that was cool. And I thought that was the end of it. So then the very next day I'm door dashing and I just happened to be at Penn station waiting for the food to come out that I'm getting ready to door dash. And uh, sh- this lady walks up to me. She's like, are you the guy that was door dashing with the podcast? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, here's $10. And she handed me $10. Like that was me. I was just like, what, the- how is this a world? Like, it, you know, Rick Uchino, are you familiar with who he is from 700 WLW? Yeah. Okay, Rick Uchino, he covers pro wrestling a lot. Randomly met him at Kroger's right before I went to SummerSlam, right? First time I'd ever met him. We talked for a little bit, hit it off. Then we're in Detroit City, and we're walking down the street, and he crosses the fucking street. I'm like, Rick? Like, he's like, yeah, holy shit. Like, you know what I mean? And we randomly met him there. And then Justin, if, if Justin and I, that year we went to Kofi, we got off the bus in downtown New Jersey, and we decided we wanted to go to the, uh, what was that called? The, the Superstore. We wanted to go to the Superstore. They had it separate from the building, right? So we get off this bus, and we're walking, and we start talking to these people next to us. And they're like, yeah, we're from Cincinnati. We're like, oh, we're from Cincinnati. How crazy. No big deal, right? We just thought, oh, we randomly met some Cincinnati people. About a month and a half later, Raw is in Cincinnati. And we go and sit down at Raw in Cincinnati, and lo and behold, look who's sitting next to us. Like, what the hell is this world? I don't, I don't understand. It can only generate so many NPCs, bro. At that's some point, I, it just has to recycle textures. That's what I'm saying. There's something here. You know what I mean? I, I, like I said, I fully expect when we pass away that the rest of us are going to be in the room asking, uh, you know, how we thought that VR game was. <laughs> And I'm just telling you, like, if that was the case, if right today you were like, listen, Bo, I've got this new game. Uh, it's going to be like living a whole new life, and you're not going to realize you're living it, but you can try it if you want. I'd be like, give that shit to me, Mike. Let me, let, let's do this. Let's, let's play Roy. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's go. Exactly. I've seen Pass Sword that. Art online. I don't need to know. I know how that ends. <laughs> listen, no. I've never seen Sword Art, but I've seen Dot .hack. So, you know. <laughs> Now, I am I am curious because you guys like you, you guys are both in Hamilton, I assume the Hamilton area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I, I know that like for me growing up, like we had we used to have Heartland Wrestling Association, which was like kind of now one of those like glory days, like oh I saw John Cena before <laughs> he was the prototype, like same kind of stories. But um I know now there's um future great wrestling, you have um oh, that organization, Northern Wrestling Federation in yep. Fairfield, mm-hmm. like Wrestling is seems to be really picking up in, oh, it is in super it's super hot right now. Huge stars coming through our town all the time. Hamilton at the Fitton Center. The Fitton Center is booking wrestling now. Uh it's uh Tri-State Wrestling is booking there. They had uh just a month or so ago, two months ago, they had uh, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Then they had uh Eric Rowan, Redbeard from the Wyatt family. It's all in Hamilton, man. It's 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 great for us. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I'm getting ready to drive out to Iowa. I'm trying to talk this guy into coming with me. I'm getting ready to drive out to Iowa on the 2nd of September for Wrestling Revolver. If you want to get hot hip to current wrestling, that's who you need to follow, man. They're on Fight TV. They are... Uh, Moxley just randomly, like, is at every show almost, it seems like. He's like, eh, yeah, I'll just do this one besides AEW or whatever. Yeah, AEW and Revolver. Have you seen any uh, AEW? You've been an AEW guy, or are you just? I I when when they first launched, I watched a ton, and I am now I'm I'm one of those stereotypical wrestling fans. It's like I only watch the pay per views, but that's only because I feel like again my my time is like somewhat limited, and yeah. to watch six hours of broadcast between WWE, between New Japan, between AEW, between all the indies that I follow, Game Changer Wrestling future stars of wrestling like it's just it's just hard but there's where also like i I would challenge anyone who is a wrestling fan next time you watch a pay-per-view 
really watch those vignettes. Those in and of themselves tell the story so well that mm -hmm. me as a semi-casual viewer that's even hip to the business and what's going on to sit down and be caught up in a, in a two minute video package. Oh, that's why this is happening. And now this is why they're, they're in a fight with each other. Okay. I got it. Yep. Um, that's exactly what we did with our buddy CJ. He went with us to two WrestleManias, never watched anything. <laughs> on the way, we're like, here, watch this playlist of like highlights and shit. And here you go. And then yeah. we got there, and they show the packages. Oh, this is what's happening, and this is why. And honestly, that's the same exact way I am with wrestling. I, I don't really have time to sit down and watch a full episode of Raw every week and SmackDown and, like you said, New Japan and AEW. And so I get the little highlights and videos, and I keep up on the storylines like the day after they happen, articles and shit. And, so yeah. we get to we go to SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and I'm like, I've got a general idea of what's going on. I like that guy. <laughs> I am very excited for this weekend. We have All In from Wembley yeah. Stadium, which is promising to be not even just a big show in regards to like the talent and the storylines, but just in sheer mass. Like it's oh yeah, Wembley Stadium. Like this yeah. show, over eighty thousand tickets like sold Huge. in hours. Like it's gonna be it's going to be incredible. And I, I do personally, like I have those like standstill moments where I'm like, ah, maybe I can skip this pay-per-view or maybe I can, I, I'll just catch like highlights on Twitter for that show. No, like I am, I have to watch the show. And even if it's like not live, if I'm busy and I have other stuff going on, I will stay up until three in the morning and I will watch that show from start to finish. Mm -hmm. now, now see me, Mike, I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have the time either. But somehow I make the time. I watch so much fucking pro wrestling. It's ridiculous. Pro wrestling and Fortnite videos, because I'm super into Fortnite now. I, I never thought I would be. When it first came out, I thought it was too childish. But as I had children and my children started to play games, they started to play Fortnite. And when you hear, Daddy, play Fortnite with me. And your wife's playing too. You got to. Yeah. And now I'm addicted. So I'm definitely a big Fortnite guy. I play a lot of that. Plus... I love the quickness of it, you know? Like, if I want to come home and, you know, say Justin's free, I'm like, hey, man, you want to play a couple rounds of fucking Fortnite or whatever it is. I love Never it. invites me for games, ever. Don't fucking He's a lion-ass lion. He's a lion. He can't get any, he can't get past me in Madden, so he likes to pretend that he doesn't play me. Ooh. You know what I mean? So that's the problem. You know, I, hey, Justin, we can live stream Madden and let the whole world see you lose if you want. You know what I mean? We can go on Twitch. It's no big deal. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is how you dig a grave. You <laughs> your own grave. Host a Madden match between you guys. Yep. And call it the Andre Cup. And then the <laughs> winner gets the Andre Cup. <laughs> then what Jim Davis would have to be in there for sure. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> so at all. I got to show the Andre Cup since we've talked so much about it. <clears throat> it's a kick-ass cup, though. Big ass giant WWF Andre the Giant mug. Old as shit. Uh, two old DX. <laughs> uh, what's it called that they toss to Low us? Six. Yeah, yeah. Low sticks. Can't not have those, man. There's so much nonsense behind me. It's ridiculous. Games and stuff. I mean, you see the the, the Hylian Shield there. There's there's quite a quite an amalgamy of of nerdetry behind me. That's the biggest message I think that we could bring tonight, though. Is it? Be yourself, man. Look at what happens. You know what I mean? I became wrestling t-shirt guy. I hold a world record, which, by the way, today is day 600 of my world record setting streak for going Ooh. the most consecutive days wearing a wrestling I'll shirt. Clap. Yeah. We have our own show. You are a successful esports producer slash even uh, honorary WWE referee, which we're going to talk way more about that tomorrow for those of you who aren't, who aren't aware. Mike will be a guest on tomorrow night's episode of the DWO podcast. So we're going to get more into his his wrestling uh, uh, talk and, and what he's done around the wrestling industry and, and stuff like that. And talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, being uh, being uh, more present in your family's lives. So that's uh, that's what's on the dock for tomorrow. Uh, but uh, as far as today... I have had a fantastic time catching up with you, brother. It's been uh, way too long. The next time you're in uh, in the Cincinnati area or 
the next WrestleMania we're both at or whatever the case may be, we've got to have a meal, man. Got to have a meal. Catch okay, I'll come out and see you. I'll fucking fly out there at this point. <laughs> if I didn't know you were in Albuquerque, we were just in Phoenix. Yeah. You know what I mean? That ain't too far away. So uh, we, we could have made something work then, but I'll make sure that we, uh, we stay a little bit more in contact than we did, but I appreciate you so much coming on here. Hopefully, you know, when the, this whole year is up and we've got 52 episodes in, you can be look back and be like, yeah, I was episode number four, you know. Yeah. Four. With that being said, we do have a couple questions that I like to ask every time, and I don't want to I don't want to miss them. So one of the most important parts of this podcast, what is your favorite T-shirt you have ever owned? Ooh, favorite T-shirt just in general, like not yeah. wrestling shirt? Yep. Just any shirt, any shirt, any T-shirt, or favorite shirt. Like if you were die tomorrow, bury me in this shirt. Got it. I, when I was a teenager, I was very much into like, I mean, obviously my nickname is Mohawk Mike. I was into like punk rock music. Yeah. And so for me, um, I got to go to uh, a live show for there's a band called The Casualties. Um, okay. Which like for me, like as a, you know, like a young, I was like 15 or 16 years old. I was like, it was the week of my birthday. I was like, oh my God, mom and dad, please let me go. Like it's in Cincinnati. Like I know that, you know, you're very cautious about me going and they, they let me go with a group of friends. And while I was there, I bought one of their shirts and that shirt has literally, it looks like I left it in a closet with a bunch of moths. I mean, every both <laughs> armpits are ripped. I mean, it's ripped down the center. Like I must've worn that shirt to almost every concert I went to from the age of 16 up to like 22, like not even joking. Like that was my, that was my battle armor, so to say. And so for me, that shirt has a lot of sentimental value, but then also too, like it was just a really, it was just a bunch of punks with spiky hair on a black t-shirt. Like it just looked really cool. That's, that's my favorite. Heck yeah, man. Nice. That's a, that's a good one. I've got a couple Bad shirts shirt. that are all holy. You know, and I'm not throwing them away either. I got a, the uh, most comfortable fucking shirt you could own. Absolutely. Yeah, got a Hank Williams Jr. shirt that my parents bought me from 1987. I still wear it every once in a great while, but for the most part, that just stays in the drawer, and that's where it's going to stay till I die. <laughs> and the kids are going to be like, why does he have this? And throw it away. <laughs> I was fucking thinking of garbage. <laughs> I was fucking thinking of garbage. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my dad passed on, man, and uh, I got left behind with a lot of his stuff. And like, he's got this... He was very no. He even showed up to my wedding wearing it. But my dad was known for wearing this fucking flea market American flag jacket with a fucking eagle on the back. <laughs> and I just I have it in like I'm never gonna wear it. Like I am never gonna wear it. It could be Fourth of July and I'm not wearing that motherfucker. But I can't throw it away. <laughs> I can't like it's my dad's jacket, man. I can't. Hopefully there's something like that that I leave behind that my kids are like, oh, that's that's dad's Daniel Bryan toy. We can't throw that away. He fucking loved that thing. You know? Hopefully I'll leave a, that, that behind. <laughs> well, uh, Justin, you got anything else, man, before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, your other question. What's your favorite oh, kind of shirt yeah, that you wear? Kind you of wear shirt. a long-sleeve turtleneck, V-neck. You get like the crop top going. You get a little, little <laughs> belly going. I I'm just the sucker for a, a plain t-shirt plain old t plain Same. old t-shirt it's it's funny because that's like part of my uniform now is like I'll wear like you know with within like the esports industry you don't very very seldom do you actually dress up you know mm. wear you know button-up shirts or whatnot like that so I have 90% of my wardrobe are event shirts when I moved in with my girlfriend she was like why is almost every t-shirt in here black I'm like they're all staff shirts <laughs> <laughs> every show that I've ever worked ever because working typically in broadcast or production, like you're wearing dark. Black. Yeah. So, yeah. So classic, just regular t-shirt and I've got a million of them. Man, Mike, I got to say, brother, I'm super proud of you, brother. You are, uh, you're out there living Same. a dream. Uh, it may be a weirder dream than some people dream, but it's a, it's a dream by God and you're, you're living it. And uh, I'm very proud of you. I'm proud to call you my friend. You know, you're one of my longest friends. 20 something years at this point. And I, I'm very happy that you would come on Justin and I's show and uh, talk with us a little bit about your career in gaming. And, you know, hopefully sometime in the future, we'll have you on again. We'll, we'll do a, a, a run back and we'll talk more about Part what you're day. 
absolutely. I appreciate being here. And as, like I said before, like a means of not only catching up, but also just like talking about cool stuff. I appreciate being here. And worst case, let's jump on some Fortnite. I'll play. Hey, Fortnite. Yeah. So long oh, as it's yeah. no build. So long as it's no build, I'll play. Hey, I can't. I can't. No build all day. <laughs> no build all day. I will definitely. I got the coordination uh, for that shit. Once we get out of here, I'll shoot you my, uh, 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 my gamer tag. Also, make sure you stay on for a second. I'll tell you who that special guest is. But uh, uh, yeah, either way, thanks again, Mike. I have been the wrestling t-shirt guy. That's been the real deal, Justin Neal. And once again, that is Mohawk Mike Bisson. We've had a wonderful night here on shirts and stuff. We will see you next Wednesday, and y'all have a wonderful night. Peace. Bye, everybody. <laughs>